Stretch it out. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, I didn't go see Doug Loves Movies last night. Yeah, boy. (laughs) Yeah. Like, friggin'. Looked looked like it was really cool. Like a bucket list show for me. I mean, when it comes (laughs) to podcasts, like, that was probably the first one I ever listened to. I mean, it was one of the first ones, like, around. Yeah. And so I listened to it every single week um, and absolutely loved it. And so all these years later, let me see when it started. Because I didn't listen like the first two seasons or whatever, but I think by season two. You were listening to every episode. I was probably listening to every episode. Yeah, I missed yeah. A, a bunch of the beginning, but 2006. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. Earliest show earliest show I listened to started in, it's still pretty early, uh, August of 2007, I want to yeah. say. So, like, still, like, really, really early. Which but one was that? It's a wrestling podcast that I still ah. listen to. Uh, nice. he's, he's still going every fucking week. I'm like, wow. It's been, <laughs> That's uh, pretty awesome. been over 15 years at this point. <laughs> yeah. I pro- pro- 2007 is probably when I picked up on Doug Loves Movies. Um, but, yeah, just, uh, you know, addicted every week. Love the games and stuff. And so, yeah, this is, like, the first time. Well, I haven't really lived anywhere where he would go during the podcast, you know. Erie was, like, a super long shot. Yeah, living in Jackson all those years and listening, like that was, there was no even place to see any comedy, much less, <laughs> you know, popular touring comedy. You mean the stand up and performing art scene <laughs> in Jackson, Mississippi? Wasn't that great? I mean, the huh. best you're going to get, you know, you'll get some big name comedians because they'll play like theaters there you know yeah yeah so, but you're not going to get not, anybody yeah. coming to a comedy club or anything right 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 <laughs> yeah yeah should we get going yeah let's do it all right welcome to no hugging no learning it's a show about one thing watching curb your enthusiasm for the first time i'm tim murphy and i'm ted hollowell and today we will be talking about season seven episode six the bear midriff before that what's the deal with stuff from our last episode denise handicap and chi yun was a big part of the episode and the private recital that uh, David Larry David's friends were throwing and kind of just wanted to know what the deal with her appearance on the show was. Uh, Kim Chi-yun is a 53-year-old now violinist from Seoul, South Korea. She performed in Korea uh, at the age of 13 is when she started, I guess, which seems late for a virtuosic violin player, you know, for someone. It, it reminds me of a great Onion headline. It's like six-year-old dreams of being in the olympics despite being years behind training or something like that (laughs) like yeah you gotta start you start them young you start at the womb yeah you start whenever whenever you're an infant uh she studied at juilliard and she won the young concert artist international auditions in 1989 which led to a new york city recital debut at carnegie hall so that's not bad uh to start there uh dedicated and enthusiastic educator as well gives master classes around the world has held several teaching posts at notable music schools and universities. Her past faculty positions have included serving as the resident starling soloist and adjunct professor of violin at the University of Cincinnati College Conservatory of Music and visiting professor of music in violin at the Indiana University School of Music. And from 2007 to 2017, so during this time, she was artist in residence at Southern Methodist University in Dallas, Texas. And I think from what I can tell of her like touring schedule because she is still constantly performing um you know she i think she may still be based out of texas because she's like playing these little shows in like san antonio or lubbock like she just kind of is able to do a lot in texas so it makes me think that's her her home base 
she owns a Francesco Ruggieri violin that was made in the year 1669. Jesus Christ. Also, nice. Yeah, yeah. Really nice. Oh, of course. <laughs> Just pay no attention to the 16 in front of it. That's not the yeah. nice part. That's yeah. not what Ted was talking about. Just the 69. Oh, God. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, didn't mean that. <laughs> yeah, so, but as far as why she might have been a big deal in 2009, I couldn't really find anything. It didn't seem to, like, I, re- I mean, this this happens sometimes where people will get kind of obsessed, like, the, the general public will get obsessed with some sort of artist or genre outside of the mainstream, and it'll be like, oh, my gosh, well, this violin player right now is absolutely the biggest star on the planet and uh, you know like it reminds me of when the um the benedictine monks everyone was listening to like monk chants oh. back in the 90s <laughs> and uh you know and and these monks were like all of a sudden the most famous people on the planet no one really knew why yeah, it, was, it wasn't also, really mainstream and also like uh sea shanties had a moment yes. like two years ago <laughs> another great example yeah sea shanties yeah it's like no we're all listening to sea shanties right now like oh. No, you're not. No one is. <laughs> no one in their right mind is. But yeah, that's a, that's another great example. So I was hoping to look up like, oh my gosh, Shi Yun in 2009. It did not get bigger. <laughs> she was selling out Madison Square Garden and stuff. But um, I, I couldn't really find any reason why she was chosen to be on Curb, I guess. Maybe Larry David was just a fan. I, even she shared a, a Throwback Thursday post back in 2015 uh, she said, here's a throwback Thursday moment. I felt so honored and thrilled to be asked to make a cameo appearance on Curb Your Enthusiasm. Wow. In the Denise cool. Handicap episode. Here's some stills from the scene. You know, so she just picked some <laughs> some random screen grabs of her on the show. And like, yeah, I don't know. They just uh, just wanted to have her on the show for some reason. I couldn't find any uh, <laughs> any reason why. But now we know a little bit more. And I did listen, by the way, too. I was like, well, let me, uh, let me pull up what, uh, you know, her 2009 release i mean maybe that was absolutely huge i couldn't even find like in her wiki you got to figure like oh in, in 2009 she had the number one billboard classical not album. even that no 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 chart performance or anything wow all um, right right after our episode uh, i went and listened to her 2009 release that came out i think in january of that year uh which was symphony espanol and saint sans violin concerto number three by lalo maybe i don't know that's the conductor I don't know who, this might be Beethoven. I don't know who did. Maybe it's a completely new, yeah, written by Lalo. So, mm, uh, right. yeah, that's who the, the composer was of that. But, yeah, I mean, it was it's beautiful. But, you know, I, I don't know why. I don't know why she was on the show. Um, what about Amy Pietz? She played, not Denise Handicap, she played, was it Wendy Wheelchair? Was that it? Yes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Wendy Wheelchair. I like the alliteration in that. <laughs> that's what made me think I was wrong, but it's so funny. Uh Wendy Wheelchair. Uh, she did not play, as I was mistaken, she did not, they look very similar. I will stand by that. She did not play Kathy, the woman that wanted to cheat with Jim uh, on Pam, or, you know, make Jim cheat on Pam with her. She played Donna Newton, the manager uh, on The Office. She played Donna Newton, the manager of Sid and Dexter, a bar office employees visit in Happy Hour. And she begins an extramarital affair. So cheating is involved. With Michael Scott. She starts oh, cheating on her okay. husband with Michael Scott. Yeah. Um, so that's uh, where I recognized her from. She also played Liza in Jingle All the Way, which you can listen to right now on our Patreon. Uh, you know, do a little Christmas in July action. Why not? <laughs> it's a great episode. We got the downvoter on there, right? 
Uh, yeah, he was on that one with us. I, I don't remember who Liza is, but you can find Amy Pietz in there. I was going to say, I have no recollection of who Liza is. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> uh, and... Uh, I. Meant to look this up last week as we were talking about it, but after Amy Pietz made an appearance, I was, you know, you could probably ascribe this to the other person in the wheelchair, but neither Anita Barone, who played Denise, nor Amy Pietz are actually wheelchair bound. They're not actually wheelchair users. So in case you were wondering, they're pulling an Artie from Glee. Was that his name? I think oh, it was. You're asking the wrong person. The wheelchair guy. <laughs> anyway, I, I remember being very shocked, and I remember like when the, when Glee became huge, the guy that played Artie. I'm gonna, just going to say that's his name. The guy in the wheelchair. The guy that played Artie. You know, he he had use of his legs, and fans would like like keel over in religious exuberance when they saw him walking around. Like, oh my god, you can walk. Like, yeah, um, <laughs> that happened before I got on Glee. I've been walking since before I got on Glee, and I, I continue to walk during. They were just like, you know, it's like when you find out that a, an, a, a, a character with an American accent is actually British. Like, that will fuck my mind up for hours. I'm like, whoa. Like every, like every time I see an interview <laughs> with uh, Margot Robbie. Yes. Yeah, that's a great one. Or Hugh Laurie. I'm like, oh, yeah, <laughs> that's right. House is British. I keep forgetting. Um, even Colin Farrell's been doing a lot of Irish work you know where he can use his regular accent but he does a great american accent and i remember when he first you know hit the scene it was like such a big deal that his first few movies he was playing in american and then you'd see him on the tonight you'd be like hey well that's that's about this hey like what what you you have this thick irish brogue no one can understand (laughs) um so uh, john ross bowie and that's all the homework we had but here's some uh, trivia is Uh, it bowie because i've always heard it pronounced as john ross bowie Bowie, interesting. Because I would I would look at that and go, you know what, I think it's probably Bowie, because that's the way you spell Bowie knife. And the reason that David Bowie went with oh wait, or is it Bowie knife? Now I don't know. I want I, I think I it's was, Bowie knife. Okay, so it's Bowie knife. Yeah, yeah. His uh his Instagram bio, John John Ross Bowie, my last name rhymes with Maui. Oh, awesome. Well, why if you had such a cool name like Bowie? Would you say, no, I don't want to sound like the coolest rock star of all time. I don't want to get mixed up with him. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to get mixed up with him. I want I to be want my people... own person. Why? <laughs> I don't want to be associated. I don't want people to picture some fucking, fucking, cool, fucking cool guy. I just got into my... I, I dipped into my Colin Farrell. Um, yeah, uh, so John Ross Bowie and Jamie Denbo, who did not take his last name smartly. Uh, they're married in real life. That's why I say that. They play a married couple in Curb, John and Jamie Fowler, and they've been married in real life since 2004. And they were uh, both got their start in the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater. And I do want to point out that John Ross Bowie played a waiter in Road Trip, now available on Patreon. Oh, my God. And he was also <laughs> in Sex Drive, one day to be on Patreon. One day. One day. One day. And also he did 25 episodes of Big Bang Theory, which I think is kind of where I... I've probably seen him in, like, promos for that or something, because he looks... Oh, yeah. I think he, like... Yeah. Doesn't he own, like, the uh, comic store or something? That sounds right. Yeah. I think that's right from when I when I looked him up. I was like, oh, yeah. I... I kind of look I, I i don't know if it's that he looks familiar or he looks like he kind of looks like another guy it looks like he could be the brother of simon helberg i think he okay. and simon helberg kind of looks oh more. yeah so maybe that's why i think i've seen him on, on the tv on the tv <laughs> Stop it. oh my god <laughs> um 
yeah, so that is all of our uh, homework and trivia and tidbits and stuff. All right. Uh, do we have any like news or anything? No, I don't think so. I don't think we. I don't think I saw anything. Uh, okay, I, I got some uh, some stuff to bring up from uh, from Patreon comments. I want to get yeah. to want to get to these really quick before we uh, shout out our our patrons. Tamara Ortiz commented on our exclusive bullshit movie review of The Wizard, saying this episode unlocked a memory for me. I watched Under the Rainbow at the theater as a child. Uh, Tim, do you know what Under the Rainbow is? I do not. Okay, I don't either. I was hoping you did. <laughs> A 1981 film. Oh, I wonder if Nazis, federal agents, aristocrats, and 150 little people descend on Hollywood for the filming of The Wizard of Oz. So it's like a making of... It's like a making... (laughs) Is it a documentary? No. (laughs) Oh my god. What? I was like, wait a minute. That'd be weird. Nazis, federal agents, and aristocrats. And it's a documentary. But the reason (laughs) I ask is because Chevy Chase is in it, and he's billed as Chevy Chase. Chevy Chase plays Chevy Chase in the Holy movie. Holy like, shit. What? Well, I mean, if, Chevy if Chase wasn't alive in 1939. If they're descending on Hollywood, it could just be like they see him on the back lot or something. But The Wizard of Oz was, is from like the 30s. <laughs> and Chevy Chase, I don't think, is that old. I mean, he's... No, I'm not, I'm not saying like in favor of it being a documentary. Because, yeah. I mean, The Wizard took place on on the Universal back lot. I'm surprised there wasn't like just an active star from 1989 in it playing themselves. Oh, right, right. But I'm looking at Under the Rainbow. Yeah, yeah I, oh. I know. I'm, I'm talking okay. about Under the Rainbow. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, Carrie Fisher is in it. Uh, Billy Barty, who was, I believe, in The Wizard of Oz. But what does this have to do with The Wizard? Is it because it's... Did she think we watched The Wizard of Oz? Uh, I don't think it's that she thought we watched uh, The Wizard of Oz. I think it's just that uh, this just unlocked the memory oh. of Under the Rainbow because I mean, obviously, just the name the Wizard yeah. co- correlates to the Wizard of Oz, correlates to Under the Rainbow. It's just the weird thought patterns that we yes. all have. I'm pretty sure. Got it. Uh, and then uh, we got a comment from Drybones on our episode for the Hot Towel a couple of weeks ago. Mm. Uh, Drybones says, "I was on Cameo and saw you can book a personalized video from Todd Stashwick for 85 bucks." LOL. <laughs> uh, also, you mentioned in the video uh, that JLD only has boys in real life, not like girls in the show. Actually, in season one, episode The Wire, when Larry goes to Julia's to try to find his notebook and disturbs everyone, I believe she and Brad talk about waking their son or he wakes up or something. So I guess in show continuity, Brad and Julia have a boy and two girls. I think they got rid of the, their son. <laughs> Yeah, I, I just replied, I'm like, I totally forgot about that. Yeah, <laughs> just, good pull. Just not, the... not continuous one one way or the other. Yeah, good curb your continuity <laughs> pull. But, I mean, in this one, they she mentions something. Oh, yeah, she nannied for me and the girls. She doesn't mention, like, my kids. She doesn't say my kids. She doesn't say the girls and my son, our son and daughters. She says, she <laughs> just girls. indicates two, yeah, two girls. Yeah. So. <laughs> Unless their, their son was with them or something they, they took a vacation just her yeah, and, and left. their son <laughs> yeah, and left the two girls <laughs> i think that might be true that that's might be it true. that's there's yeah. our answer yep <laughs> they, she only nannied the two girls because they were parenting their son they could have <laughs> parented it. all three kids they didn't that's want it. to <laughs> uh, uh. by the way i i just looked up on the wikipedia for under the rainbow that chevy chase that was a google mistake that chevy chase was credited as chevy chase chevy chase plays bruce thorpe in Under the Rainbow. Okay. So, prob- okay. Uh, mystery so he salt, d- it's I mean. not Chevy Chase playing it's Chevy Chase. It's not Chevy Chase playing Chevy Chase, yeah. 
I'm Chevy Chase Sr. Oh my god. That would have been or yeah. <laughs> kind of like the uh the throwback scene that we get the the, the flashback yes. scene that we get in this episode. <laughs> Uh, okay, if you have never listened to us before, we are not a research-heavy show, despite the last 26 minutes Hello. being almost exclusively research and bullshit. We'd like to have our questions pop up naturally in the run of the episode and assign them to ourselves the week following as though we are giving ourselves homework. I've never seen these episodes before. Tim has never seen these episodes before in the last 14 years. If we miss anything, if we egregiously skip over anything, please send us an email or send us a tweet. It's at NoHugging on Twitter or NoHuggingNoLearningShow at gmail.com. Both those links are down in the description or on the show description page on Apple Podcasts. If you like what you hear, please give us a five-star rating and a written review over on Apple Podcasts or a five-star rating over on Spotify. Uh, It really does help out the show, helps us find additional people who are as weird as us and and like talking and and listening to people talk about a 30-minute show for over an hour. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that reminds me. Shout out to my buddy Tom. I hope you're hearing this four years after today because... I just heard from Tom's wife that he made his um, uh, rising fourth grade daughter, my daughter's friend, watch the first episode of Seinfeld so they can start listening to our <laughs> podcast. Oh, no. That's oh, what I told no. her. I was like, um, I was like, hey, the I language. Don't, I don't yeah. think it's appropriate for, for someone I told that her, young, but okay. I told Meg, I was like, you know, because by the time Tom is hearing this, there, she'll be in. Um, <laughs> how long have we been doing this? <laughs> uh, five years. We've been doing this okay. for five years now. God damn. She'll be, you know, fourteen or fifteen. So, but even then, I would say. We, man, yeah, Tim, we missed our <laughs> five-year birthday. Oh, you, you realize that we, our, oh, that, our first episode was... came out July fifth, twenty eighteen. That's right. Oh well, well, I'll catch you at ten. Ah, all right. <laughs> God. Um, if we have five more years of of show left in us i don't know um but yeah i told her i was like the language and she was like oh she listens to office ladies and i was like that is like not even comparable i'm like because it's not even the language it's not even like f-bombs or whatever but like the you know it gets pretty adult just the theme we talk about like some i i can't (laughs) i can't even imagine like some of the things we were talking about in in the early episodes too i know I know. <laughs> like, it's not that we've cleaned up or, or gotten more dirty or anything, but, like, I, we don't censor ourselves. I mean, if we're if we're talking about, like, uh, like I think you should leave <laughs> oh, or... Yeah. <laughs> not, not even just the show. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Or, or uh, anything, like, with Jerry Seinfeld and his love of underage women. <laughs> yeah, like, or... We're, we're not, we're, we're not, like... A, a clean show by by nature. Yeah, where the show would tiptoe around topics like going down on a woman or masturbating. We go well into it. Yeah, we in don't detail. need to. Yeah, we don't need to tiptoe around it to appease a network censor. So we'll go. Oh yeah, so you know his his tongue was uh, he couldn't use it because he was going down on a lane for so long. It's like we don't you know. So it, it it's not just you know the the f bombs or whatever. But <laughs> I'm like yeah. Uh, Office ladies is like a, an hour in church compared to because they don't. I mean, I've no, I noticed like early on in Office Ladies, Angel would say like, "Holy shiitake mushrooms" or whatever, and I'm like, "Oh God, I would cringe inside myself." I'm like, "Just don't yeah. say anything. Just yeah, say holy I, crap." Yeah, like <laughs> it's, it, it, it's not better. It's not yeah. better. 
But like I've noticed oh lately, God. they've started saying. I think they've let like "bitch" fly, or maybe even "ass." Like you know, Ooh. stuff you might hear. Yeah, like stuff you might hear on a network. But we go beyond that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, after after a certain time, I think you can get away with shit on, uh, yeah. on cable anyway. Oh, definitely. Yeah. But um, yeah. Okay. So Tom, uh, you know, happy happy fifteenth uh, birthday to your daughter, and and I uh, hope you both <laughs> hope she's not too scarred from what she's been hearing. Uh, okay, if you have, um, what did I, what did I already do? So, okay, yeah, uh, rating and review on Apple Podcasts, uh, rating on Spotify. If you like us a little bit more than that, and maybe you've already left us a rating on one of those platforms, join us over on Patreon. It's patreon.com slash nohugging, where for five bucks a month, you can get early access to extended versions of our episodes including Patreon-exclusive bullshit movie reviews. Uh, we try and get those out once a month. Sometimes our, our real life gets in the way of, of doing that, doing those. But uh, most recently, we just talked about, we did a review of The Wizard from 1989 starring Fred Savage. Um, but other episodes that we have done include B-Movie, uh, just the ones that you've name-dropped in this episode, Tim. Mm-hmm. Um, Christmas Vacation. Uh, wait, you didn't name drop Christmas Vacation. No, what one did you name drop? That's a great one. Jingle All the Way. Jingle All the Way. That's what it was. It was another And Road Trip. And Road Trip. That's right. Uh, but yeah, those are all over on patreon.com slash nohugging. Like I said, five bucks a month gets you those. Or even for one dollar a month, you can just get a thank you. I will give you a, a thank you here. And it's time for those. So thank you to H.E. Pennypacker, Michael Klatsky, Drybones, Nate Collins, Tamara Ortiz, the guys and gals over at the Idiotville Podcast, John Murphy, Danica Ligorio, J-Dog Conlord, Nick Kudla, Adam Webb, and Megan Stolarski. Thank you guys so much. Again, patreon.com slash nohugging. Also, you know, I'll give a shout out to this. We're over on YouTube as well. If you would like to watch these episodes, there's no, there's no video <laughs> components um we don't have our cameras plugged in i've got one i think tim's got one um but we don't have a video editor and i don't have the time to put the video together but if you'd like to listen to these episodes but on your tv you can do that it's uh, youtube.com slash no hugging i think yes that's Maybe? right yeah and there's and there's like a cool there, there is like a cool spectrum analyzer so you can kind of see our voices move that line around on the screen so there is a small video element you just yeah, want to stare at that, you know what I mean? <laughs> There's a small, small video element, uh, but yeah, it's uh, uh, youtube.com slash no hugging, and uh, I, I wanted to give a shout out to that because I, I thought this was super cool. Um, Tim, I don't know if you noticed this, our views continually have like really like increased since we started doing this, at least on the YouTube anyway, so looking at um, the TiVo guy, so going back to season six, episode seven, we had nine views on that video. <laughs> the next episode, we had 14 for the mm. N-word. Next episode, we had 45 for the therapists. Next episode, we had 50 for the bar mitzvah. Next episode, 81 for Funkhauser's crazy sister. Next episode, 200 for vehicular fellatio. So, wow. well, really, that... so, so I was expecting, you know, like, okay, we're, we're going to, like, start, like, taking off even more, right? Yeah. Um, next episode, the most recently published for the reunion, we have... Three. Ah, uh, for and the Seinfeld reunion? For the I Seinfeld mean, reunion. On. And Tim, I know for a fact that two of those are me. <laughs> because I was checking to see, surely it can't be that low, right? <laughs> what did we do? I thought Vehicular Palacio was a good episode. What did we do wrong? I don't know. It's all the same. It's all the same, like, data. It's all the same. 
my process i don't know my guess is that's just people googling fellatio on youtube and and (laughs) hoping to see like some rare youtube nudity um that's my guess like genuinely unironically i think that's what happened (laughs) and they're like whoa vehicular fellatio hello and they put up a fake splash screen so that youtube doesn't take down what a dirty video this is and then they watch 30 seconds of it and they're like i don't think it's gonna I don't think I'm going to see any blowing in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I I could probably look. Let me see if I can look at the like stats the search like, terms. That, that no, I, I was going to look at like how long people are watching. Oh. for uh, where do I find that? At? Yeah, I don't know what a view. I don't know when they start when they measure a view. You know, average view duration twenty seven seconds. So yeah. yeah, you are totally <laughs> right. People fucking. <laughs> Uh, okay, uh, how are viewers? How have viewers found this video? Ninety six percent YouTube recommendations. Eighty three percent of that was YouTube Home. Thirteen point five percent was Up Next. Um, so yeah, people people's algorithms because they keep searching for fellatio. <laughs> this video was recommended to them. <laughs> that that's eighty three percent of our that. views. On this video. <laughs> If you're searching YouTube for fellatio, what is going on in your life? Please let us know. You're you're probably at work and all the good websites are blocked, so you're just taking whatever you can get. And we can watch a little porn at work. We, we can. can. Wa- we can watch a little porn at work. We can. <laughs> I'm not in any trouble at all. Uh, okay, yeah. Uh, again, youtube.com slash no hugging, patreon.com slash no hugging. All that being said, season seven, episode six, The Bear Midriff, original air date October 25th, 2009. If you're looking at TV Guide that night, you're going to see Larry and Jerry Seinfeld consider incorporating Larry's latest real life experience into the reunion show. What? That's the an hell? awful fucking. That's an awful description. What the hell? Oh my god. Does that gosh. happen at all? I mean, are they referring to... Are they referring to the TiVo? I think so, yeah. I <laughs> that think comes up once. <laughs> they're just talking... I mean, I think they're talking about just Cheryl, but it's really... No. That's bad. No. That's very, very bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's almost like, you know, oh, we need to be talking about something in this scene, so let's talk about the... We're obviously talking about the reunion show, so it's like secondary. It's wallpaper. It's not even... Yeah, that's like, the plot. that's like one of the things we pop in on a scene and they're already talking about. Yeah. And I mean, it, it does come into play a little bit with the, the casting of Cheryl being a, an issue in this episode. But but it's it's again like... Like, just a, like a couple way... of episodes ago, like for the reunion, we pop in and we're outside the building and we hear Jerry telling Larry, you told the president of NBC to go fuck himself. That would be like the description saying, Larry tells the president of NBC to go fuck himself. That's how, yeah. that's how much of a major component that is to that episode. Yeah. I, I think we're going to be able to make it better. I, I'm, I'm almost guaranteeing it, but we'll see. I know we'll get rid of it, whether it'll be better. That's, that's up for debate. We do open in Jerry's office and Larry is coming out of the bathroom and Jerry remarks on what a uh, horse-like stream Larry has now. <laughs> and he's taking a new pill, and I'm hoping this is one of the side effects, and he's not taking a pill that just to have a stronger piss stream. <laughs> I think it must be do- must be for something else, and that's a side effect. Because he's like, oh, yeah, I'm taking this new pill, and it it uh, you know the stream is very strong. Like, that's not the purpose of it, yeah. right? It's and, just and, and- <laughs> And also, it seems like it's very Larry to, no matter how strong your piss stream is, I'm not going to sit down to pee. Uh, 
Yeah, wait a minute. He always sits down. What yeah. the fuck? <laughs> wait. Curb your continuity big time here. That's right. Yeah, he always sits. Oh, my God. So, yeah, he totally could have solved his problem by doing what he said he always did just a couple seasons ago. Nice catch. But uh, so they, they talk about that for a second. And Larry lets um, Jerry lets Larry know that Meg Ryan is out. Her schedule is just too busy. She can't do the reunion show. He suggests Lisa Kudrow. That might be good. She's very <laughs> funny. You know, I think if there was a real Seinfeld reunion show, casting one of the members of one of the friends cast members would have been a funny that'd be really would funny. have been yeah. funny yeah maybe her and larry uh suggests that you know we we want someone uh, you know who's going to be real uh like cheryl you know this really <laughs> happened to me so and it really <laughs> happened to cheryl that you know the, with the tebow guy in the plane they're going to write that into they're talking about as we learned from the synopsis they're talking about integrating larry's real life experience into the show and because cheryl lived it larry says she would be a great choice. I, I like Jerry's counterpoint. And he's like, so what if it actually happened to her? It's TV. Yeah, he's like, what does real have anything to do with what we do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but he's open to it. And he's like, well, she can read for it. Whatever. Like, that's fine. Uh, then their assistant comes in. And we see the titular Bear Midriff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> who's, whose assistant is this? Is it Jerry's assistant? Because this isn't Larry's assistant. I think it's both of their assistants because they seem to be working out of a studio, a new, a new studio office. office. Yeah, an office on the studio lot. So, so what? I, what happened yeah. to Larry's office and Larry's <laughs> assistant? She's still assisting in in that office when he <laughs> okay. needs his solo office, and and Jerry's <laughs> okay. assistant is still at his solo office. This is their joint studio assistant office, student a studio assistant. So a new. Uh, did you recognize her, by the way? Uh, she was. I, I think she's Jillian in Workaholics. Yes. Yeah. In fact, that's. I, for, I forget her name. Is it her Jillian name, Bell? Yes, that is okay. correct. Yeah. And I knew I recognized her. Um. And I waited till the credits, and I was like, when I saw her name, I was like, I recognize her. I recognize that name. I wonder where else I recognize her from. So we'll have to write that down and do a little bit of homework. <laughs> um. But yeah, she's she's like their boss and work. I've never watched it, but she's like their boss, kind of in Workaholics. Is that right? Something well, like that. Mm, she's. Uh, Funnily enough, she's the assistant to the boss. Oh, okay. I just know anytime I've seen any clips or whatever, she seems to be like yelling at them. Does she do that a lot? Like she she's the one who disciplines them? No, not really. No, the, okay. No, the, the the boss is the one who disciplines them. Okay. Uh, but she's she's the kind of like I don't want to say dopey, but she's oh. kind of like uh, uh, oh god, I I haven't seen it in so many years. Yeah. No, she she just never like stands up for herself, but she's uh, also kind of dumb. I see. I that's one I'd love to go back and she's watch because I love. She's the Smithers. I got gotcha. you. I love all those guys, and and I think you know, in their post workaholics careers, I think they've you know it's it's been hilarious. But um, I, so I've always wanted to go back and watch that show. Did you notice all the ideas on Larry and Jerry's whiteboards? Uh, I tried making some out, but I couldn't really uh, I couldn't really see anything. I wrote so, so there's a whiteboard behind Jerry and this seems to be like all of the ideas for the show. So here's the first one is disturbance in kitchen. I don't know what I don't remember <laughs> Do you remember that from Larry's life? I don't remember no? disturbance in kitchen. Uh maybe oh maybe it's um the the smoke uh detector? Maybe I was going to say the penis cake. <laughs> yeah, right. Which was the same episode, but um okay, the after disturbance in kitchen chairlift 
They're thinking about integrating the chairlift. TiVo guy cut doll's hair. <laughs> refurbished skeleton. What does that mean? What the fuck? I know, How many I reunion episodes are they doing? I know. I mean, I guess these are just all the ideas. You know, we're not going to use them all. It's just, there's no bad. It was just bl- brainstorming at this point. <laughs> um, bathroom. Wait, what does that say? Oh, bathroom monitor. So the cha-cha episode where she would always keep an eye on what, what Larry was doing in the bathroom. And then just the doll, which I don't know how that's different from cut doll's hair, the doll. And then here's an interesting one. Rage killing? Question mark at the end? What? Yeah, maybe uh, Larry rage killed someone and we haven't seen that episode yet. <laughs> rage killing? And here's I mean, another... that's kind of this episode. Yeah, that's true. They just preemptively knew. Oh, yeah, so maybe they had just... Well, no, they hadn't experienced that yet. They hadn't driven together yet, so... That's weird. Maybe that's yeah, just that... a maybe that's just a fun Easter egg. Yeah, I guess so. That's probably it. You probably weren't meant to see that uh, or take notice of it. Here's another uh, story idea: Kramer slash Hooker in Diamond Lane. So Larry hiring the prostitute <laughs> to go to the ball game, and then they just have Newman question mark. So I like that. <laughs> like, can we have anything? Does he do? And then George and Amanda question mark. So what are they going to do? I'm t- I'm I'm thinking that George's ex wife's name is Amanda. Uh, Because you see her name on the board a lot. Because there's also a board next to Larry. And that one has like kind of um, maybe like a story outline being, uh, you know, made up at this point. Because it says flashback, George's apartment, George with TiVo guy, phone rings, intercut with Amanda, Amanda on plane in storm. So they're already kind of, you know, uh, showing why George and Amanda broke up. There's a story idea that says Kramer. Gets tickets to Yankees from Newman. What? What? <laughs> sure. Yeah, sure, okay. man. Um, and then coffee shop, George hides from Amanda. And then something says, something then throw party. And then they're discussing where the end scene should take place. The coffee shop or Jerry's apartment. Big decisions to be made. But so the assistant comes in with the bare midriff, by the way. And she even climbs on a chair to like fix the the sound that the air conditioning is making and so her bare midriff is like right at eye level for jerry and larry and they're both kind of larry looks on like quizzically almost but also as if he's getting queasy as well (laughs) Uh, and when the assistant leaves an argument ensues a whispered argument which i like they're kind of like you gotta tell her over who's gonna tell the assistant that you know the bare midriff, we can't do it anymore in the office. We don't want to see it. And Larry says, this is an occasion for someone who is smart and eloquent. But L- Jerry says, this is what you do well. We, this needs some charm. This needs the Larry David panache of telling someone they are breaking a social. And I kind of saw Jerry's point because he is kind of known for being like cold and methodical. Yeah. So he, he would have been matter of fact about it. But Larry, as as blunt and as inappropriate as he can be, he does try to tiptoe around things as socially comfortable as to make it po- as possible. You know, he wouldn't just come out and say, I don't want to see your fat belly like, you know, someone like a sociopath like Jerry Seinfeld might. Yeah, Jerry. We talked about would've. that. Yeah, we've talked about that before, how Jerry can just be kind of a sociopath. But Larry at least considers other people's feelings, even if he's bringing something up that you're not supposed to bring up to people. He will still try to consider their feelings. So, um Larry doesn't want to, but he does lose an odd even face off with Jerry. So he goes out uh, and and tells her about 
you know, the bare midriff. Can we do something about it? And she's offended, of course, even though I think Larry, I think Larry's right. I mean, it's not workplace, quote, quote unquote, workplace appropriate attire, but she's a- angry at something that Larry is not saying. Yes, that is true, too. She's saying that, you know, oh, you wouldn't say this to a man. You're doing this because I'm a woman. And she's like, you know what? I've lost a lot of weight, and I want to flaunt what I've got and stuff like that, which is also not a good reason to. Like, when I was watching this, I was like, my office has a dress code. I think probably a lot of – most offices have a dress code, I yeah. would say. Yeah. Even my office. Like, it, you know, working in working in radio. Yeah. I, I mean, the, the dress code is pretty – Pretty chill, pretty relaxed. Yeah. I mean, no one outside of like sales is wearing like business casual. I mean, I'm we're all wearing like t-shirts and jeans. Uh, my boss wears a button down and shorts. I wear a t-shirt and short shorts all yeah. the time. The dress code is essentially look like you could uh, confidently go out in the world and like meet somebody. <laughs> like yes. because because people before me would show up wearing pajamas oh, and. Yeah. And joggers. And, like, I've worn my joggers, like, a few times. And I think that is, like, tiptoeing up to the line. And, like, looking down off the cliff of that (laughs) that being the line. But you're still, like, on the the cliff. You know what I mean? Yes, definitely. Yeah. But, like, Cookie Monster pajama pants are are way (laughs) down in the bottom of that chasm. You're not ready to meet a client after the show. (laughs) No, no. I, I could meet a client in joggers and say, oh, hey, sorry. Yeah, it's laundry day. Sorry, I was jogging. Yeah, That's why I was I'm... jogging. <laughs> but even athleisure is acceptable. That's why I'm wearing my joggers. Yeah. Even, yeah, athleisure is like acceptable in public these days. So you could, you know, you could make that argument too. But, I, you know, I was just, I'm sure that your office dress code too, it's one of those things that's like not really enforced unless it needs to be. You know, it's like, all yeah. right, you're a pro- this is a problem now because I-, I know our office dress code says something like you know no flip flops. I think that's totally an acceptable thing for like a working office to to not accept like no flip flops, no nothing too. It does say this like low cut, nothing mm-hmm. too low cut, and I feel like that's very similar to what would be like no bare midriffs. Come on, like no you know I can't wear I, I can wear jeans. I can't wear yeah. a t shirt. I will, however, wear my Crocs. Yeah. And yeah. and I and I think Crocs are totally different than flip flops. Yep, there's no there's it's uh, the foot is covered yes. very much of it is covered. Yeah, so I think that's probably the issue with feet a lot of times. Um, <laughs> Get your but, toes out of my face. But I think you know they could have just taken no responsibility and gone. Hey, um, the studio office dress code we just found it in the employee handbook that you signed, and it does say no bare midriffs. So because she's not coming up with any good reason for wanting to show off her stomach you know it's like no she's not <laughs> um she's like oh I, I just want to flaunt what i've got not a not an acceptable not at work reason. i like larry's like you can flaunt it the other two-thirds of the day yes we're not that's... keeping you from doing that yeah that's such a good point you need a break from the flaunting <laughs> um and he's it's funny because he keeps doing this hand squeezing a tum like hand squeezing tummy fat motion he's like this like he's <laughs> this. grabbing a big chunk of fat and she's like why do you keep doing that and he goes do i <laughs> i love that she's like yes what is this what is this and by the way i think larry would say that to a man because it'd be more disgusting to go back to his uh, hot towel thing in the legs because the guy who's, uh, who's wearing shorts on the plane which by the way matt bronger did <laughs> he mentioned that he was like normally i do pants but uh, I did wear shorts on the plane. Um, it was funny that it came up. The guy said, "Would you? You wouldn't say this to a woman who's wearing a short skirt?" He's like, "If it was, if they were hairy, 
I would. So it'd be even more disgusting if it was a dude. So I think he would be more apt to say it to a dude because, you know, although I did just see like something in the New York Times or something about how dudes are showing their midriffs this summer. Did you hear about that? Did you no. see this at all? Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's the summer where dudes show their midriff. And I'm like, all right. All even me. Like, or do you have to have a six pack like the guys that you got pictures of walking around Brooklyn? Uh, <laughs> let me know before I start looking like an idiot. She quits, though. To Larry's delight, the problem was solved. Like, they wanted to fire her anyway, but they couldn't because it was Julia's friend, and she quits. And so Larry's like, I did it. I did it. And even driving right after this scene, they're laughing about that being the reason Jerry wanted Larry to do it. All the bullshit about Charm was just bullshit because he knew that when he sent Larry in there, she'd be walking out in a huff in two minutes or something like that. And Which, by the way, I love the genuine conversation and laughter that Larry and Jerry have in this in this season but this episode especially it's like so unforced it really gives you like a glimpse into what their relationship actually is like I mean I, <laughs> I, I sense no acting from either of them no you know like they just seem like they're having such a good time with each other and I love <laughs> that it's like so awesome to see um, and so while they're talking some guy cuts Jerry off and Jerry honks and then the guy like slams on his brakes and gets out of the car and starts like road raging at Larry and Jerry. And of course they like back off immediately. Like, sorry, I didn't see you and my bad or whatever. And, and the guy speeds off. So uh, over at Izzy's Deli, which was at 1433 Wilshire Boulevard in Santa Monica, it closed in May of 2022. Oh. I, I don't know if we, I think it may have closed since we talked about the last time it was on the show, season five, the ski lift episode. No. No? Okay. No. May, All right. That May wasn't of 22? That, yeah. was, that was over a year ago. Yeah, I we, guess we, you're right. I we, forgot how we, quickly we, we were running through We were in seasons. season five like three months ago. Yeah, that's right. I forgot how quickly we were running through these seasons. I was in like, <laughs> I was in like curb time. I was like, wait, it's been three <laughs> years since season five, right? Four or four years. Um, we, we've, on, we've only been doing curb itself for a little over a year. <laughs> I, yeah, that's we, right. We may have, uh, I don't even think we were doing curb yet when it closed. Yeah, you're probably right. So that's why I kind of looked familiar when I saw that it was closed, because I'm sure I did a little dive in the episode after the ski lift when we talked about it. But that's where he met Ben Heineman, I think, who's the head of the kidney consortium uh, there. So Jerry and Larry are eating there and Richard Lewis shows up for lunch, but he's late, but he still wants to you know sit down and hang out. And, and then Larry and Jerry argue over who is going to scoot. Yeah. And I, one one sec here. Uh, Richard Lewis arrived so late that not only Larry and Jerry ordered, but they already got their food and they're pretty well through eating it. So, like, yeah. I don't think the blame is on Jerry or Larry here because, like, you're incredibly late to lunch. Yeah, yeah, really. I mean, somebody should have scooted, but but also, <laughs> yeah, I mean, if if you're that late, that they've had time to order and finish, you showed up way too late. It's not, yeah. But, I mean, them having eaten is not even really an issue to Richard. It's, it's he wants to sit down <laughs> and, or, and still order something while they hang out. And I think Larry and Jerry were both fine with that, but neither one will scoot over. Yeah. And they're arguing over, he's like, well, you've known him longer. You should sit next to him. He's like, exactly, I've known him longer. I want to be, I'm going to be talking to him more. It's more comfortable to look at him sitting next to you rather than... <laughs> and the reveal... That so it's like kind of little one shots of Larry and Jerry, 
and then the camera pans back and Richard Lewis has disappeared. That reveal just cracked me up when they're like, yeah, and you did. Well, oh, of course I want to do that. You want to do And then they pan back and they just realize. <laughs> and, just... <laughs> and I, I don't know if you were watching this uh, with captions on or off, um, but as you see Richard Lewis walk by the window, I yeah. didn't really hear this, but the caption comes up, Richard, I'm mad at you now. <laughs> I'm mad at you now. And I was hoping, like, it was just, like, a very, like, very, like, quiet, I'm mad at you now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, maybe you're like, hey, you have to be saying something when you're out there because you're mad at them now, but you we're not going to hear it. And so he just literally went, I'm mad at you now from outside of the window. <laughs> but that was like a Simpsons joke. A character disappearing and then walking by the window next yes, to them outside yes. is like a real a Simpsons IRL joke. I'm like, that was so damn. When the camera, like... <laughs> did a smash cut back and he's a ghost i'm like that was so funny that was such a funny reveal so over on the studio lot larry and jerry uh run into cheryl who showed up because she wanted to thank jerry in person for giving her the part thank you so much for just giving me this part and jerry <laughs> uh you know isn't blowing he's up confused. larry's he's spot, a little confused but he's, yeah he's very confused and sort of staring at, at larry and with like a what what does she mean by that because i told you remember that she has to read for it and so as jerry heads up to the office larry you know kind of breaks the news that it's just a formality but you're gonna have to read for it okay it's just you know just a thing we have to do and so you've got the part don't worry about it up in the office julia louis dreyfus is there and she chews out jerry but more specifically larry because it's his fault for even broaching the subject with maureen that her dress in the office was inappropriate it was very sexist Elaine, uh, Elaine, Julia agrees with Maureen in that fact uh, that, you know, you you talk about it the way a woman dresses like that. Um, And Julia got her the job because Maureen's mom was the nanny for Julia's kids, just her daughters, not her son. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And she's mentally unstable and her daughter quitting her job may drive her to suicide. So you have to go over there and apologize. And so that's what Larry does. He's talking to this is another funny shot. This episode, by the way, was directed by Larry Charles, which and I think some of these shots, you know, show you that he also did another great flashback episode. What's her face? Susie arguing with Sherry O'Terry, that nanny. She's talking. He's talking to Maureen, who is standing and he is seated once again. Talking to the midriff, only almost giving the midriff its job back, you know, which is hilarious. <laughs> Just the way this was framed was incredible. <laughs> yeah, uh, and that's when Maureen mom, Maureen's mom comes home and freaks out, drops the groceries, and is just like breathless at the sight of Larry, who she says is the spitting image of her dead husband Tom, and he was murdered in 1962 on their wedding day. They were headed to Mexico on their honeymoon. And this is when we get the flashback with an actress playing young Maureen's mom and Larry playing Tom, which was hilarious. Uh, and there's a road rage incident where a guy cuts off and, and he honks and and the guy beats Tom with a tire iron. Jesus fucking Christ. This was brutal. And I thought the, so, too. The, the blood spray on the windshield, too. <laughs> Yeah, the excessive, like, Sam Raimi level of blood, <laughs> like, evil dead level of blood gun on the um, on the windshield. That was, like, the only funny part of it, though. It was almost not funny because the brutalness of the beating was so unfunny. 
Like they didn't do that funny at all. They did it no. as like, here's a man getting beat to death with a tire iron That's in the it. middle of this comedy show. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I don't know, do it funny. Can you do that funny? Can you do it funnier? Like, Can you do it in a funny way? Can we give him like a way. wacky mustache as he beats Tom to yeah, death? Yeah, something. I don't know. We didn't need to see it like. Can it, you it like do like... a silly walk or something as he's as he's walking over to end <laughs> Tom's life? Yeah, we we didn't need like a not like it didn't cut away. You know, like we want to see the full beating directed by Win- Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> you know, like, we're gonna we're just gonna. I just want one. Just set the cam up on just steady. Like, it's not going to move at all. It's an unflinching eye of the camera watching this man getting beat by a tire iron. Um, yeah. And so as as she as we come back to present day out of the flashback, she's Maureen's mom is like, all he did was honk. All he did was honk. And Larry's like, yeah, you know, you can't honk anymore because he just experienced road rage himself. It's still going on just as it was in 62. It might even be worse. He's like, you can't honk anymore. And also shushing. You can't hook, shush any people. Did you notice what he said here? He said, no honking, no shushing. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I was like, wait, should we change the name of our podcast for Curb now? No honking, no, no shushing. I'll change the artwork for just this episode. <laughs> I kind of want to change our Twitter handle for a little bit, too. I think that'd be funny. No honking, oh, no shushing. You, you know, I don't, don't change the handle. Oh, just change right. the name. We we'll, get, ne- we'll, well never get that handle yeah. back. Not the handle, the, the actual no honking, yeah, the no display shushing. name. But even the display name might get stuck if, if, if who knows what happens. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> well, great. Now we pick the one week where Elon goes crazy, er, again, and uh, we're no honking, no shushing forever. <laughs> <laughs> no honking, no shushing. Um, and she shows Larry a pic of Tom. And Larry disagrees. He doesn't think he looks anything like this guy. And he's like, you know, not all bald people look alike. He, he's bald and he's got glasses. That doesn't mean we look the same. Um, and and I, I love this was a great topic for the show because he, when I saw Tom, I was like, oh, yeah, he does look like Larry. And then when Larry said that, I was like, wait, did I just stereotype bald people? Because I thought he looked like, I'm like, I thought they were pretty much identical, but that is funny. It's just bald with glasses. And um, yeah, uh, not all bald people look alike. Uh, in the bathroom, Larry has to use the bathroom. And once again, he will not sit down and his piss stream is splashing all over the place in the bathroom. And uh, the piss is flying, including a teardrop-like spot on Jesus's face. And Larry does not wipe it off for some reason. Why? I don't know why he wouldn't wipe it off. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? I mean, he should honestly sanitize the whole place because it's all over their sink and their shower and their to- toothbrushes and their towels and whatever else is in that. So there's piss. It's a piss-covered room at this point. But, I mean, <laughs> at least that you could have cleaned. I don't know why he decided not to. But uh, driving later, he gets a call from Richard Lewis. This cracked me up. He's like, Hey, it's me, the Invisible Jew. Jesus <laughs> Christ. But such a funny reference to being ignored by Larry and Jerry earlier, arguing over who was going to let their friend sit down at the booth right next to them, which should be a small honor that you have friends to sit next to, <laughs> yeah, the Invisible Jew. And he yells at him for lunch. He was like, you know what? I even bought you a gift. I bought you a Joe DiMaggio bat at this collector's show that I went to. You know, Larry's like, oh, my gosh, thank you. And then the call drops and Larry doesn't call back, even though as we cut to Richard Lewis, you can see that he's kind of waiting. For he's the waiting. Phone, yeah. The <laughs> ring. Yeah. 
Did you notice something they did that was very early 2000s before? It's like kind of a holdover that TV writers are like, well, we need to indicate that the call dropped. But when a cell call drops, there's no notification. It's just you've been talking to yourself for like 10 seconds. You don't realize it. Yeah, there's you, no you boop, boop, boop. Yeah. But or anything. You, you hear when the call gets dropped, you hear the typical boop, boop, boop. I'm sorry. The call has been disconnected <sighs> or whatever. I'm like, yeah, that did not. <laughs> Even Richard, I don't think, would have heard that. On his, but it's it's on Larry when that plays, and I'm like, that did not come through your cell phone when the when the call got dropped. So back over at Marines, Marine drags her mom into the bathroom because she discovers the tear on Jesus's face, and mom and daughter both <laughs> fall to their knees in rejoicing and prayer. Yeah. So over at the studio, I liked this topic uh, because it still to this day comes up when a call drops. Do you have to call back? For an official goodbye. Mm, eh, I don't I think, know. Yeah, I mean, Larry says there's one obligation, and that's your wife. Like, I'll, I've been on the phone with Sarah. Like, she'll call me when she's driving a lot or whatever. The call drops, and then she'll text, like, don't need to call back or something like that. I'm like, great. Perfect. Because I, I could Good. tell the conversation Sweet. was winding down, but I know, I agree with Jerry, the wife is a different obligation. And he's like, but a normal guy? What guy? I, this was funny, too. He's like, it was Lewis. He's like, oh, well, that's different. Because uh, Lewis's feelings, they both know, are different than any other guy's. But he's like, was there a so or an all right? And Larry goes, yeah, there was an all right. And Larry goes, what is it? Or Jerry says, was it this tone? Like the, all right. He's like, yes. Yeah, he's like, well, that's half a goodbye right there. <laughs> so, no, you don't need to call back in that case. Larry was fine just letting the call drop. and that. But it, it still comes up to this day. You're like, I mean, we were done with the call, right? Do I have to? Do I have to call back? You know, uh, but I, I agree that for the most part, no. But there are certain people that that probably you do still have to. Uh, Maureen comes in, and though Larry asked if she could just wear shirts that are about an inch longer, she comes in. It, it seems like wearing an even shorter shirt. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> she went an inch in the other direction, I think. <laughs> but she tells Jerry and Larry about the miracle that she witnessed, and shows so she is quitting her job to tour the country in an RV with their miracle Jesus pissed here poster. They don't know it's a pissed here. They think Jesus is crying. Did you catch? I mean, you must have because they, they give each other knowing glances when Jerry goes, oh, you got to trust your gut. <laughs> that line cracked me. And they both look at it. Larry's like, come on. And Jerry goes, yeah, come on. You know, come on. It was funny. I, I, I did. I did see like Jerry's, <laughs> Jerry's glance at Larry, just like the, Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you you did this, right? This is you. I See, I thought it was a joke. I thought Larry was looking at Jerry because trust your gut was about her midriff. I, and I, I know. Oh, I, my God. Okay. Yeah. I didn't I, even pick up on that. I think his joke. So I don't know if the glances at that point were about the tear, but maybe they were. Maybe they weren't about what a funny, like what a hack pun that was. But it was funny, too. <laughs> um, you got to trust your gut. Uh, and Larry agrees to co he wants to be rid of her so badly that he agrees to co-sign an RV that they will tour in Uh, and when Maureen leaves uh, Jerry does say you splashed him didn't you and Larry yeah cops to the fact that it it is a piss tear that he splashed Jesus's face and and did not clean it off Uh, over at Enzo's Pizzeria which is still at 10940 Wayburn Avenue in the Westwood neighborhood of Los Angeles, where it has been since the year 2000. It was opening by a group of friends 
including this was a weird part, you know, just something weird to note. But the group of friends that opened it included the son of the guy who played Luca Brazzi in The Godfather, Lenny Ooh. Montana. Okay. So Lenny Montana Jr. opened <laughs> this pizzeria in 2000 with some friends. Uh, but before we before we get into like what Larry does in this scene, uh, I I want to say like because he's on the phone currently with yeah. Maureen, and in the previous scene she says, "Okay, perfect. Thank you so much for agreeing to sign. It just has to be done by tomorrow at three p.m." Yeah. And then on the phone, Larry's saying, "Okay, that's fine. I'll be there <laughs> at three. I'm like, no, that's that's, too that's late. literally <laughs> just on the other side of the acceptable window of when you can do this, Larry. <laughs> yeah, it makes me think it was a. I don't. Yeah, it does. It made me think that it was a misspeak on her part. Like, she was supposed like, to say, "Hey, we're co-signing tomorrow at three. Not it has to be done tomorrow before three. It's like the appointments at three know. or whatever. But yeah, it's like okay, I'll be there tomorrow at three. Like yeah, that, maybe, maybe that it was leaves a us zero. And no one and no yeah. one caught it, but it's just so so yeah. laughably bad. That leaves us zero seconds to sign an hour's <laughs> worth of paperwork. If you've ever bought a car before, you know it's going to take a long time. So how about earlier in the day? Nope, tomorrow at three. I'll be there. Um, and Larry is picking up some lunch, and he takes a big chunk of napkins. As we learned from their lunch at Izzy's Deli. Larry uses a ton of napkins when he eats, and so he grabs a big chunk, and the guy turns around. I was hoping this was Lenny Montana Jr., because not only was Lenny Montana an actor, but Lenny Montana Jr. also had has a very small acting resume. He was in, like, one episode of something, but I was hoping it was him, but no, it's just a, uh, just a random Italian actor. Yeah, yeah that'd be fun. Yeah, yeah. If I was Lenny Montana Jr., I'd demand, I'm like, if you want to film here, <laughs> I play the owner, because I am. <laughs> He tells him, you got two napkins in the bag. That's all you get. So why even have napkins out? That's my question. Yeah, this is that's, Enzo's that's Pizzerias. Yeah. Like, I, I, yeah, I put the napkins in the bag. That's all you get. Well, then, sir, take these away because I will yeah. take them. The, don't put the takeout section right near where you can get more napkins if you don't want people to get more napkins. It's an open invitation. So the, the funny part was the, the owner goes, a handicapped kid came in last week. Guess how many napkins he needed? Too. And Larry is like, I don't get the handicap reference. Why do they eat differently than us? <laughs> it's almost like he's he, he's trying to get the guy to like cancel himself. Like, no, no, you tell me what you meant by like, no, 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 no. That's not what I was trying to say. Yeah, or yeah, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I still don't get. Explain it to me. Explain the handicap reference. <laughs> <to me." laughs> um, but no, it's uh, you know, two napkins. That's it. And so Larry. Puts the napkins back, but as soon as the owner turns around, he takes the napkins it, it, that he back and more. Plus more, yeah. yeah. That was great. I loved that. And again, I feel like Larry is right in this situation. You can't, you know, you're a restaurant. Napkins are just part of the overhead. I'm sorry. You know, people are going to take napkins. So once again, I think Larry is right. This is a Larry is right episode. I, I don't know Ooh. if he's wrong in, in any of it. Because I agree with the office dress code. And I agree that take as many napkins as the restaurant puts out. Um so uh, driving and Larry is driving and eating a chicken parm sub, which is one of the worst. Th and this thing is gigantic. And I can't think of a worse food to eat. <laughs> Only a food that requires knife and fork would be worse to eat than this. <laughs> oh, I, I can I can tell you a worse food to eat uh, in your car. I, I don't 
Uh, granted, I was not driving, but I was parked. Tim, I ate a full big breakfast with hotcakes from McDonald's. Oh my god! In my car. <laughs> but you were seat. You were parked in a parking. I was lot. parked. I was yeah. in a parking lot, but I was still in my car. <laughs> yeah, that would be difficult. I mean, there's syrup going <laughs> that has the potential to go everywhere, and yeah, I could see being able to eat that. Well, no, probably not. I was like, if you put the big breakfast on the if you have like an armrest console, you could kind of use that as a table, or if you really? have, or if you have a display <laughs> on your dashboard that's kind of like like on our CRV, it's kind of like indented, and there's a little screen back there. But mm-hmm. that would be a good place to put the big breakfast. I feel like it would fit right there, and it's tilted back so it wouldn't be affected by the movements of the car. And I could put it there probably, and and grab a fork, a uh, forkful every now and then. I I was driving. I don't recommend doing this, everybody, but. I bring up knife and fork because one time I, when my wife and I visited Dallas, actually, and we were leaving town, we went to this restaurant and it was like, oh, you got to go to this restaurant. But we were like, oh, we really got to get home. It was like, a, I don't know, six hour drive or something. And so we're like, we'll just get it to go. And so I got like Buffalo chicken Mac to go and I'm driving <laughs> and I'm like trying to like fork noodles and a piece of chicken on my fork while I'm driving on like the massive uh, Dallas Metro Expressway whatever like this you know 16 lane highway driving with my knees kind of and eating so i can i can tell you it's not ideal but this you know this is a two-hander sub too i mean forget a fork he's eating it with both hands um and it's just so messy and he's using a million napkins of course and he's pulled over by a cop who begins questioning him about enzo's pizzeria and napkins that might have gone missing and he searches larry's bag and discovers the napkin stash and hauls larry downtown and I mean, I know it's a TV show, but still, like the fact that Enzo would call the police and that LAPD would have the manpower to send an officer after to a, a guy man who, who stole, stole napkins. napkins. Yeah, I mean, come <laughs> on. <laughs> I think he would be laughed off the phone by the 911 operator. I would hope that's what really would happen. <laughs> um, but he brings Larry downtown to be in a lineup, and Enzo, and and then they bring Enzo downtown to the lineup it's like this is we're wasting so many taxpayer resources doing this over 25 cents worth of like those cheap thin tri-folded restaurant like industrial restaurant like these aren't even like good quality you're right they're those shitty ones that you need so many of because (sighs) they fall apart after one wipe of your mouth yeah, you, your finger pokes through, yes. like, halfway through it, and all, the, all, the, all of a sudden you're just, like, I don't know, p- picking stuff out of your teeth inadvertently. Yeah. yeah, two napkins, two of those napkins is, like, half of a real napkin. So I, I'm totally, again, that's another reason why I'm on Larry's side. But uh, Enzo is trying to pick Larry out of a lineup, and he, you know, picks out four and six, one of whom is Larry, and one of whom is, is a bald guy with glasses who is black <laughs> which is such and enzo is stymied he's yeah, has... like i i don't know who it is all i can see is bald that was such a funny all bald people look alike i got to i got to say they did bring that joke home <laughs> in a pretty satisfactory way to me the fact that he was like I just don't know. <laughs> like one of them's white. <laughs> it was so funny. So four and six, Larry and the other guy are free to go. <laughs> free to go. Larry's so happy as he's walking yeah. out too. 
he's happy to be uh, stereotyped and profiled <laughs> in this case. It got he's happy out. to be stereotyped and profiled as long as it doesn't lead to him being imprisoned. Yeah, yeah. I, I would have loved if this had if he had picked Larry and this goes to trial and there he's on trial for stealing fifty cents worth of napkins in Los <laughs> Angeles. It's just in what was the end game here, Enzo? Tell me. Tell me what your Enzo game was. Over back at uh Maureen oh Maureen so Maureen's mom picks Larry up from the police station very upset that he missed the signing of the RV papers and Larry is driving the sweet classic car the same one from the flashback the same one from their honeymoon night she kept it all these years ever since 62 and Larry gets passed by Richard Lewis who he notices he goes oh hey and he honks at him and tells Richard Lewis to pull over. <laughs> and the mom starts having like PTSD flashbacks God. of what happened on her honeymoon. <laughs> yeah. Um, just freaking her out. And Richard Lewis is upset with Larry. So Larry gets out and begins talking to an upset man that the mom has no idea Larry David knows. And <laughs> Richard Lewis's line, he's got so many, like, first of all, him disappearing, the invisible Jew. And then he goes to Larry. What, what are you, banging a Mormon beautician? Jesus Christ. <laughs> a Mormon beautician. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So fucking specific and hilarious. I thought that was such a roast. Like, she couldn't even hear. But, like, what, what are you, banging some kind of Mormon beautician? <laughs> and he's upset that he got no official goodbye from Larry. You should have called back and had the official goodbye. He's like, the conversation had winded down. Why do I need to call back? And... It's at this point the mom turns up the radio, but damn it, Ted, wouldn't you know it? The radio is playing the exact same song from that fateful <laughs> day in 62. What horrible luck. Uh, don't say nothing bad about my baby. Uh, and Richard Lewis is like, all right, fine. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm still pissed off at you, but I'm going to still give you your gift. And he goes to his <laughs> trunk. It from the trunk. <laughs> and pulls out. This was such a funny escalation of you know just watching the scene play out again because he grabs a baseball bat from his trunk and the wife is like this is not happening again not on my watch and she jumps over to the driver's seat and i noticed that i, I guess this is why they needed a classic car because they needed bench seating yeah you couldn't do this in like my honda you need to be able to just slide over yeah she just slid over and guns the engine hitting richard lewis now, you got to imagine Richard Lewis is pinned between two cars at that, this point. That's what I'm thinking, right? You're not using your legs again in this accident. At, at very best. If not, yeah. if not completely severed from the bottom part of you. Yeah. And, and your intestines are falling out. Yes. Yeah. Forget not using your legs. Like, may not even have them. Like, it's, it's a, it's a crapshoot when you get into a... Like, that's why, man, I hate standing between two cars i fucking hate it it's like it's one of those things where i'm like this is this is not the place to be my body knows it's in danger if i'm between <laughs> two bumpers it's one of the most terrifying things uh that i that i that can happen in life is to end up between two cars like this um because you like hear the bat hit the ground or something I'm like maybe at the last second richard lewis the 60 something year old man jumped on the hood of the car or something like that you know um i don't know but <laughs> <laughs> he, he gets hit by the car. Uh, so on the studio lot, Larry is telling Jerry that Richard Lewis is totally unscathed. He's completely fine. He's going to stay the <laughs> night in the hospital. But what? How? 
Please what kind me. of Superman is Richard Lewis? <laughs> yeah, who can get pinned between two cars and walk away. And this just, man was I, in a coma because he needed a. <laughs> this man needed a kidney and was slowly dying for an entire season. Yes, we saw yet, him like limping. Yeah. Yes, yet he's able to. He's able to leap out of harm's <laughs> way at the absolute last split second. Yeah, pretty pretty unbelievable. <laughs> and Larry visited him, but he was sleeping because he's going to stay the night in the hospital. But he was sleeping, so. Larry checks with Jerry. He's like, that that counts as a visit, right? And Jerry goes, well, you were there, right? <laughs> I thought that was, <laughs> obviously, it's not going to count in Richard Lewis's mind if this ever comes up again. But I just thought that was a, another funny, like, oh, I visited, but he was asleep. So that's not my fault. I did my due diligence. Larry, Jerry's leaving for the night, but Larry has to go to the bathroom and is going to go back in. But he is locked out. So he goes and finds a place to pee as Maureen and her mom show up. And they follow the sound of pee. They're like, what is that? Let's go find out what it is. <laughs> it's such a loud pee that they can hear it from the parking lot on the other side of the building. And that's when they <laughs> The, the see... lot is alive with the sound of pee. With the sound of pissing. Um, <laughs> that's when they come upon Larry and Maureen takes some piss right in the eye, right at eye level. And so they realize at that point that that is what happened <laughs> to Jesus. <laughs> and when the mom realizes that they're about they were about to throw their whole life away on a fake miracle, she runs to the top of the building and you know she's gonna looks jump like she's off. gonna jump. Yeah. Like she was definitely ready to jump off of this two story building. Yeah, <laughs> which, yeah, I wonder too how <laughs> uh, that just would have that just would have hurt really bad. That wouldn't have done anything to you. Uh, yeah, I mean, again, you're going to have uh, some broken you, like, legs. Well, unless you, like, dive head first. Right. Maybe that was her plan. We don't know. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, if you just if you just leapt feet first, I think you'd break your legs, but that might be it. Um, and, but, but Larry grabs her and pulls her away and saves her at the last second. But when he does, so Maureen and Larry are up on the roof, and he saves Maureen's mom, and he, but he loses his balance in the process and falls over the edge but he saves himself by grabbing Maureen's bare midriff. And that's when <laughs> Frolic plays. And that's the end of the episode. Oh, my yeah. God. All right, Tim, what do we got for homework this week? Uh, I just wrote down Jillian Bell. We'll find out a little bit more about, you know, maybe where I recognize her from and, and what she was doing in, in 09. Okay. Okay. That's it. Yeah. Uh, what, do you, what do you like for cover art? The second I saw it, I knew I had to. this had to be my first vote. I'm open to anything else. But Larry... Pissing in the bathroom and Jesus staring at him while the piss is flying everywhere is such a good, <laughs> such a funny shot. Yeah, because that's, that's incredible. The picture is such; it's placed in a way that like anybody who stands there and pisses, Jesus is Jesus like judging is you. you. <laughs> yeah, Jesus yeah. is staring at you, <laughs> like you know you're not supposed to be doing this. I'm just going to the bathroom. <laughs> Je Jesus is looking at you, going, "Hmm, nice hog." <laughs> Nice. Thanks, Jesus. Hey, you know what? I'm going to thank uh, my dad for giving you that massive hog. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Um, yeah, I think if it's not going to be that, it's got to be just the photo of the Jesus portrait crying. But yeah. I, I love Larry in the bathroom. Yeah, he's that's, like... That's good. Leaning back to minimize the splashback as much as he can, but it's doing no good. But yeah. 
It's like he's holding onto a fire hose this episode whenever you see him pissing. It's amazing. Uh, all right. Let's see what we can do about this week's description. Okay. <laughs> I mean, do, do we just want to start from scratch already? Because we had Larry and Jerry Seinfeld consider incorporating Larry's real life experience into the latest real life experience into the reunion show. First of all, it's not his latest real life experience. His latest real life experience is going to the is dating a handicapped woman and going to a Chi Yun concert, a private Chi Yun concert, and whatever happened in, in the Denise handicap episode. Um, so, yeah, I think we're just gonna have to raise it and start from the ground up, just just all the way down to the foundation. So, what do we, I mean? We have Larry and Jerry's, you know, assistant. Uh, is dressing inappropriately at work. I mean, I'm not. I'm just. I'm just trying to get the basic plot points that we're going to want to summarize here. So it's Maureen's bare midriff. It's Larry's stream. It's there's a, some road rage, and then there is this is like the the E story, Cheryl and the reunion. I mean, so I don't even think we need to mention it because it just moves the season long story arc along. So it, it's got to be mostly about the bare midriff. I, and, and so Larry and Jerry. I don't know, deal with might be bad, but let's just start there. Larry and Jerry deal with their assistants in appropriate workplace attire. How can we make that better? I think that's, is that good enough for like the basic starting point? I think so, yeah. I mean, do we need anything about Larry and Richard Lewis or think so? I mean, that's because that's what everything stems from in that storyline. But it's almost not, well, I mean, you could even say Larry and Jerry want to get rid of their assistant. Bear Midriff is part of it. Yeah, I guess the bare midriff is all they don't like about her. It really is very Seinfeldian where it's like, no, it's it's not deeper than that. It's that <laughs> she's got man hands. He's got a she's he's got a woman voice or whatever, you know, it's uh, the, or all of the minutia that they would dump people for on Seinfeld. That's why they yeah. want to dump this. It's just the bare midriff. I forget what they talked about. There was a guy, you remember they fired a guy. They mentioned to Julia like, "No, it's it's just the bare, Remember we fired a guy because of it's not because he's a woman. Remember we fired a guy because he did blank. They, something they didn't like about a guy, just one thing." So I think that's what we can say. It all just is about the bare midriff. Jerry and Larry deal with their assistants' inappropriate workplace attire. I mean, it's a little wordy, but is that all we need from the episode? I think so. Yeah. I, I think that's all we need. Is deal with too generic? No, I, 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 I don't think so. What do you think? I mean, we could do like address their assistants' workplace attire or... I, I don't mind deal with. Yeah. I, I think I'm fine with it too. Jerry and Larry okay. deal with their assistants' inappropriate workplace attire. There. Boom. Perfect. Done. Perfect. All right. Tim, did you like this episode? Yeah, it was okay. I mean, it might have even been like a below average episode, but I mean, I'd, I'd put it, you know, kind of right at that baseline. Uh, oh, yeah. The, right at the vehicular fellatio baseline. It's slightly below that, I think. So Slightly below vehicular fellatio? Yes. Yeah. A okay. bare midriff to okay. me is slightly below vehicular fellatio. <laughs> Uh, yeah, because I, I enjoyed it and I got some good laughs out of it, but okay. I, I also felt it, it was very average. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, I like this episode a lot more than you did. I'm wow. giving this a full star. hey Yeah, I, uh, I I was laughing consistently through this whole thing. And then, I, I mean, what's become a, a good indicator for me on uh, on episodes that I give a full star, it just makes me stop what I'm doing and just go... Oh my god! Oh my god! Was that the tire like, iron scene? Th- that was the tire yeah. iron scene. But like that and um, the rat dog. Oh yeah, for yeah. Sure. Was it was another example of that? Yeah. Uh, Larry, uh, fucking dying. Oh oh yeah, almost falling off the building. 
you mean? Uh, no, no. Um, oh. It, I'm, I'm talking about like other episodes, like oh. Larry, uh, the, the season where Larry dies. Yes, uh, yeah. And then comes back. And I'm just like, oh my God. But no, it's just, um, I, I like this episode a lot. Awesome. So what are we, are we starring it? Are we star lowing it? I'm, I'm giving it a full star. Full star. Wow. Full star. Yes. There we go. <laughs> nice. Oh my God. Okay. Next week we have got season seven, episode seven, The Black Swan. Original air date. November 1st, 2009. And if you're looking at TV Guide that night, you are going to see Larry twice encounters bad luck on the same golf hole. Interesting. Yeah, I, I don't I don't like the way that's written. That's not even grammatically correct. That's not even twice encounters. I think it's grammatically correct, but it is, is a little it? it's a little formal, you yeah. know. L- Larry twice encounters bad luck on the same golf hole. Yeah, I I guess you could say encounters he encounters twice. twice. Yeah, encounters bad luck twice. On the, and that's more pleasing to the ear, but I think twice encounters is, is correct, but it's, it's weird. It? It's weirdly, yeah. If there's one thing we can say that Curb Your Enthusiasm is, it's definitely grammatically correct. Indeed. Maybe not politically <laughs> correct, but grammatically correct. Um, so I don't, I don't hate it right off the bat. Like, it may not be bad, right? Is that the feeling you're getting? Yeah, I I don't know. May not be bad. Maybe. Yeah. We'll uh, see. Yeah, we'll have to see. Most of a lot of them will go, "Well, that sucks." We can tell right now. Never <laughs> even seen the episode. I can tell that sucks. So the fact that this one is maybe good, uh, we'll see if it holds up. Uh, all right, is that it? Yeah, I think that is it. All right, for no hugging, no learning. I'm Tim Murphy. I'm Ted Hollowell. Be good. I'll, I'll take another one if you want me to. For no honking, no shushing. I'm Tim Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Ted Hollowell. Be good.